0: Hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends. With those of us from the video game and comic book store, Level Up Entertainment, uh, get together with some friends and have a discussion about a topic we're passionate about every week. Uh, this week we're talking about the N64. We're going to be talking about our experiences with it, uh, some of our favorite games, and maybe recommend some hidden gems to you. I'm your host, Scott, and joining me this week's Haley. Hey. Uh, and Andrew. How's it going? Um, so, uh, yeah, we're all of a certain age and played this as a kid. Uh, but Andrew, you're a little bit special compared to the rest of us here. You have a complete N64 collection.
1: I do all two ninety six, and uh, you know, of course, there's the variants as well—gray uh, carts, blue carts. Yeah, got got all those. Not, but not for resales. I'm I'm not a I'm not that crazy. But yeah. everything else.
0: But you have access to all of the games uh, at any moment, and that's pretty crazy. I remember because uh, we yep. were. Helping you guys, you get it, uh, you know, as we got games in. So we kind of knew what games you were looking for. And I know you saved off like all of the weird sports games for the end.
1: Yeah, I thought, um, you know, going along, you come across the sports games. And of course, they're like the worst condition always because everybody just wrecks those carts. So every time I come across them, i would be like, you know what? I'll probably get one that's better than this. I'll probably find one better than this. And then eventually you just don't find any. They just are nowhere to be found at all. Uh, my last game was actually a sports one, uh, NBA Jam 2000 uh, was, my, was my last one. And I remember you guys had it in store, mm-hmm. uh, actually complete, like uh, still sealed. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, and it was at the time, it was like 10 bucks or something. And I was yeah. like, know, eh, I'd, I'd rather not get it sealed because I want to actually play these games. And then, you know, years go by and I never see another NBA Jam 2000. So it's weird how that uh, how that happens. How some of the games that are rare show up a lot more than the ones that are common.
0: I think maybe it's just because like, hey, I know I have got you know
1: here's a sculptor's cut or a
0: Conqueror's bad fur day. Like people want to show them off. Like no, the like NBA jams just go in a box and nobody talks about them. Um, yeah, they're just
1: buried in someone's attic and they'll come out at a yard sale in fifteen years, I guess. Yeah.
0: So what made you want to collect a, the full run of the N sixty four library?
1: Um so I guess one of the main reasons that I thought like okay I could go for this full library is that it's a heck of a lot smaller than the rest of them. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're gonna go for a complete NES, you're talking about a thousand plus games. Super Nintendo, you're talking about hundreds. Whereas for N sixty four had such a kind of a limited run, even though so many people have fond memories of it, there's only two hundred and ninety six games. Like, and really when you think about that, people only remember like thirty of them, right? So um, (laughs) just the the sheer volume or lack thereof was kind of like the first thing that was like, you know what, this is something attainable. So let's go for it. Um, And the second thing is that was kind of like my first real intro into gaming. I had a Super Nintendo, but Super Nintendo, you know, when you're six years old is kind of like, what's mom and dad get me for Christmas? You don't really like actively go out and search for these games when you're that little. But then, you know, getting nintendo 64 i can still remember going to toys r us having a little slip and then going to the back and the magic guy in the back brings out the box and uh i, I got uh, star wars the star wars racer edition mm-hmm. um and i remember sitting in the hamilton Marv parking lot outside of sears and i'm looking at the box like oh my god this is so cool so like i i don't have those memories from super nintendo we got it on christmas so i don't really remember yeah. but for uh for that like i vividly remember holding that box going into Walmart after and seeing like, Oh, I'm going to get this game and walking out of there with banjo Kazooie the same night. Like those are some things that I feel like maybe even kids today don't even get that kind of like gratification of getting games. Like I'm, I'm a teacher and my middle school kids just kind of talk about games like, like spitting out these games that they're just getting left and right. But you don't, I don't know if they have those memories where they're like, holding that box and they're like oh my gosh this is amazing um and you know it was kind of maybe it hadn't become mainstream enough that it was still kind of like a a really special unique moment when that kind of stuff happened
0: yeah uh i i know i've mentioned it on the podcast a couple times but I'll, I'll mention it here again my experience getting with the n64 was torturous um the year it came out was like what 1996 right and um, my mom worked at, in the mall, she worked at, uh, she worked at Sears. Um, so she was able to kind of get them, but like, they were super hard to get and like, you know, kind of like how the Switch was when that came out and, you know, how new game consoles are now, like PlayStation 5 was this past year. Um, so she ordered me one that didn't come before Christmas, but she got Mario 64. Um, so she wrapped that and put that under the tree for me. I was so excited, and then I had to wait like a month at least to get the actual console to play it with, and it was just torture, just having the game sitting there. And I, I read the manual over and over and over again because I couldn't wait. And then when I finally started playing it, I beat. It took me took me like over like two hours to beat King Bob-omb. Um And then I thought I beat the game because I was so used to like NES games. Um, and then the game kept going, and it kept blowing my mind. And then when I beat Bowser for the first time i was like all right i just beat the game and then it did more of the castle opens up and it kept my it was such a big revelation for me um what about you haley you have a story about how you got the n64
2: yeah all right so so the year is like 1997 maybe i'm four years old uh i'm a rambunctious little little scamp and i'm like a very outdoors kid right so one day uh, I'm a little bit too outdoors, <laughs> and I wind up breaking my femur, which is the really big bone between your hip and your knee. Um, mm. just snapped it clean in half. Oof. So, uh, wound up in a body cast, and this is relevant because I was just so bored. I'm a four-year-old kid in a body cast. So my dad, thinking like honestly just a brain genius, comes home like the next day, um, with a Nintendo sixty-four, and he's just like, "This is something you can do that's fun that you don't gotta get out of your wheelchair for." Um so he comes home with that and like definitely mario 64 i think banjo kazooie but i don't i know i had that early but i don't remember i remember like how early but like that was it it was a lock that was it was just like the point my life changed direction at four years old i guess um and then and I you just spent like, the entire kid, summer. Right?
0: yeah huh then you became an indoor kid
2: oh yeah <laughs> uh, i spent the entire summer playing in 64 games barely understanding what i was doing but like just totally enraptured and yeah it's been it's been like i like to make the joke that the n64 raised me because i mean it's just kind of been there the whole time
0: yeah I and mean, i guess with that i guess we can start going into some of our games as i know we all mentioned uh, super mario 64 banjo kazooie right now um was really the heyday of that 3d platformer um i i was talking to Haley off camera before we got started and like Super Mario 64 was my favorite Mario game all the way up until 2017 when Super Mario Odyssey came out and that kind of replaced it. But it was, it was the, the game, the sequel I had been waiting for for 20 years, you know um, like Mario Galaxy and stuff was fun. I didn't like Super Mario Sunshine, but like, it's just, they, they weren't scratching that same itch, you know? Um, yeah. It, it, like I said, that game was like a real revelation for me. I, however, never played the banjo games. Um, you both could probably May speak to that a little are, bit better than me.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's rough. So awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. Banjo Kazooie was like so. Here's here's my fun fact. I never owned Super Mario sixty four until buying it what? for my two hundred ninety six. Wow. Never, never owned it because I had Banjo Kazooie, and <laughs> oh my god, Banjo Kazooie was the best. Because it was almost like I don't know. It took mario but it gave even more life to it just the humor of it and the levels of it just seemed like it was just mario 2.0 and i've played mario like i you said your mom worked at sears and i was thinking like it's cool that we all kind of have that even though i never had super mario 64 like everyone who grew up at that era and got a nintendo 64 like has that starting with super mario 64 part of of like their memories like i remember going into sears who had like a legit video game section back in the day like for a while too it's a shame that it turned into the boys section instead of like the awesome video game section but i remember having you know they had the tv and mario's face was just there and i'm just just watching him go over and over again just through the intro and like stretching his face out a little bit like oh my gosh this is awesome never having the game but just like that memory that sears section was crazy i know we're not talking about sega saturn but my other one was knights when i saw knights going at uh sears oh
0: we'll eventually do saturn um
1: my mind was blown <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll i'll reach out to you if we do saturn again uh, sometime i but,
1: i know like nothing about saturn besides <laughs> knights was like the coolest thing ever that i saw at sears in the hamilton mall
0: <laughs> i think i might have seen the same mario kiosk because i it, Blew my mind seeing my run, like running around in 3D, and then when I I couldn't wait to get my like actual like hands on my own, because I remember because yeah. I'm older than the two of you, and like that was because this was the console when I first had to start buying games for myself, um, and I, I just was it was one of the earliest ones I really remember wanting for Christmas, um, it might have been my birthday. I'm pretty positive I remember opening the Mario 64 like at, with a Christmas tree, so it might have been for that. Um, my birthday and Christmas are like the same time though, so it doesn't matter um but yeah it it, like i said it it blew my mind and the best part about the n 64 um was definitely not the controller but it was the fact that it had four built-in controller ports uh because how sometimes how i discovered a lot of my favorite games is i'd go over a friend's house like we you know a bunch of kids would get together people could bring over their controllers and stuff because nobody had like four on their own um at least in my friend group um And then, like, that's how I discovered, like, Goldeneye uh, and just killing each other and stuff. Um, And and really, the big one for me discovering my friend's house was Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey. I played that so much as a kid. I also have a younger brother, so it was, like, sports games were fun because we could play, like, against each other or with each other. Um, So it was, like, we we did a lot of NBA Jam and stuff on the Genesis, but N64 was, like, you know, when we both were old enough to be able to, like, kind of know what we were doing.
2: That's like that's like one of those gaming experiences that's just lost to time like going to your friend's house and seeing a game that you don't have and having no idea what it is like that i just feel like now with the internet everybody knows what every game is all the time because there's trailers and screenshots and that official twitter account but like i vividly remember being like seven going to my friend's house and his older brother's playing majora's mask and like he's in the observatory i think and the music is just so surreal, and yeah. like the character, the wizard guy is kind of creepy, and like everything just feels off. And I remember seeing that game and being like, "What is this mysterious Wonderland of a game that I've never?" And this, I think this was, I was like seven, so I think the GameCube was out, and this this guy was playing this game. Um, and there's just like the mystery of that. I miss it so much.
0: Yeah, there's something about Majora's Mask specifically. Um, it's oh, my yeah. favorite. It's my favorite 3D Zelda game. But like it, the atmosphere and it, it's, it's so weird and dark and kind of depressing in a lot of ways yeah. like it just feels so different and unique like there has never been another zelda game that feels like that and i because this is the time when i got into the zelda series between the one two punch of ocarina of time and Link's awakening uh for game boy because you know pokemon had just come out so i wanted a game boy um like I just fell in love with that series and the Majora's mask was the one, first one where I was like waiting for, and I had that pre-release hype. Um, and there was like, you know, I didn't have a Nintendo. I think this is about the time I started getting Nintendo power on more regularly. Um, but I remember just pouring over, over that. And like the internet wasn't, was around, but it wasn't really like a thing as it, know, as it is now. So we didn't have like tons of videos and stuff for it. Um, so it was just, there was a lot of mystery around the game too, other than, you know, I knew you could have the transformation masks, but man, once I could start rolling around as a Goron, like that's all I did was just farm stuff in Hyrule Field or terminal Field was, rather.
2: It was so mystical to me. All right, so, so this, this story actually like bookends itself because so I go to this kid's house, I'm like seeing his brother play the game. And then like two or three years pass to the point where I'm like, I'm old enough to be going around town with like a $10 bill in my pocket. Um, and there's like a retro game story in town and they have a copy of Majora's Mask on the shelf. And so it was my first ever like N64 game that I bought after the N64 was gone and it was that kid's cartridge. Like, <laughs> so oh, really? he came back around. Yeah, we lived in the same town. So he must've yeah. sold it at the store and then I picked it up.
0: Oh man, you could've just paid him directly. I uh, wish I knew. I don't want to encourage people to do that because then I'd be out of business. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, obviously. We also sell comic books, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think my first big video game purchase on my own uh was super smash brothers um and that was a game i didn't know it existed until it came out this kid at i was in middle school was telling me about it he's like oh yeah i just got this fighting game with mario and pikachu and i was like what are you talking about um and he lived in my neighborhood so i went over his house after work and it blew my mind and i was like oh my god i gotta i gotta go to eb games and i think wes who works at the star store now sold it to me um I had like, oh man, speaking of oh, but the commercials, I didn't see the commercial until after I bought the game.
2: <laughs> the commercials got me so excited as a kid because I knew what a Mario was and I knew what a Pikachu was, but I had no idea what like a Yoshi was yet. I wasn't like that in- into the Mario series. So it blew my mind. I was like, why is Mario fighting Pikachu? And who's the monkey? Like, and I was so excited. I think my dad bought it for me. Like the first time we saw the commercial.
0: I, I didn't know. I, who I can't remember. I mean
1: yeah
2: me either i had no idea i knew mario and pikachu i don't think i even knew luigi yet
1: and forget captain falcon like <laughs>
2: i remember when i Where, unlocked you when i unlocked
0: both <laughs> captain falcon and Ness. i was like who are these characters and then i looked at their games kirby <laughs> i didn't know I, yeah then i looked at who their, their games were i was like i never heard of f-zero i never heard of earthbound because i didn't have it in super nintendo um mm-hmm. but it was it didn't matter they yeah, were my buddy had that you know
1: Yeah. My my buddy had that game and, and I hadn't heard of it at all before. And then we were just, he was just firing it up. Like his, his older brother was playing it. And then we got our turn on it. And I remember just like, it was too much for, for me to process what to do everything. So I just picked Kirby and I would just float and down B, down B, down B. And I'm just going crazy. My friend's like, okay, we're not going to play this anymore.
2: (laughs) It was either that or the Pikachu thunder. You got to pick one or the other. Oh
0: yeah. Those were, those were top tier strats back in the day. Yeah. But yeah, I've always loved crossovers and stuff in general, and uh, like I said, I was a big Kirby fan as a kid, so I was like, oh, Kirby's also in it. I got really excited. Um, But yeah, I used to play that so often. Like, that was the game that we always played when friends, any amount of friends came up, is we would play that. And then, you know, obviously, I'm still playing Smash Brothers to this day. Like, you know, I'm stoked that Sephiroth joined. It wasn't a character I was expecting, but that was cool. (laughs) But like, if I could show myself my Kid self like the Smash Brothers roster now well yeah I wouldn't know who half the characters were but like just the <laughs> fact that there's like almost 80 of them and the fact that Sonic is in it and Mega Man that's all I would need um because I didn't get into yeah. Castlevania till later but
1: looking back at the old roster and you're like oh that that's all it was it's like yeah. looking back it's it's kind of amazing to see like what was it 10 I think right there's My 12, 12
0: total <laughs> characters you started with there's eight 12. and then there was four unlockable characters.
1: Right, I forgot if it was five and five or six and six, but yeah, yeah it's. But yeah, um, just to go from that to this,
0: I mean, they're really like Nintendo, like they are Nintendo's all stars, and like even then, like I wouldn't, ar- I would argue that some of them aren't really any more like, Fox, you know.
2: Now, have you guys have you guys seen the hot new mod Smash Remix?
0: I saw that. Yes, I. It is so it
2: fun. Like. It adds, it adds like Wario and Bowser and then like Ganondorf and Falco and the clones. But they also put in the Mad Piano from Mario 64. It's like a you can play as the piano.
0: Didn't they just <laughs> update it with, a, can't you play as Ridley now too?
2: I don't, maybe they did. If they did, I missed a trailer.
0: I saw a recent trailer for it where they added like a ton of stages and stuff too.
2: That's rad as heck. The last time I saw, last oh, thing you know I saw what? from I might be was th- Bowser. Th-
0: I might be thinking Melee, I'm sorry. I think someone just mm. finally modded that. Yes, because they added all the N sixty four stages. That's why I was thinking it. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I was just like, ooh, that's cool that they could have all of that. But it's like actual additional content. Like you, you know, because a lot of mods like will replace stuff with other things. Yeah, because it's all added to it, so it's got all the base content plus that. Um, but yeah, no, that I've seen. I've, I have seen those mods though where they add Bowser because he looks like Bowser, you know, from Mario sixty
2: four. Yeah, he looks like Mario Party Bowser. He looks yeah. so dumb.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, can we can we just say Mario Party Bowser is like the ugliest rendering of Bowser ever? His
2: voice like, did he sounds even,
1: how did they even come up with that image of what Bowser is. It's just N64 Bowser is a is a next level.
0: <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys. I like... I,
1: yeah, I never
0: played the, the Mario Party games until like the Wii era. Like, I still haven't played any of the 64 ones, so I don't have that blister experience.
1: Oh uh, wow. I uh I spent many, many I mean, I got Mario Party 2 right here in the, oh, yeah. in the Hall of Fame behind me. I still have my birthday of whatever, 98, 99. That's my copy. And uh, gosh, I love that game. Best one.
0: It's amazing that they can't make Mario games, Mario Party games as good now as they were like you know 20 plus years ago.
2: I know. They stopped it- making good ones after like eight, I think which i mean they made eight good games
1: but yeah yeah too complicated just go back to the classics man mario party 2 mario party 3 that's all you need just keep rehashing that with new games
0: yeah I wouldn't, like i wish they would game. do like the, the mario kart route or like you know how they'll bring back like classic courses just bring back a couple old
1: boards you know i guess they tried that with that 3ds version but i think that's just the mini not, games
2: the yeah there's no board games literally oh. just mini games oh it's, it's it's it was it was a letdown i was pretty excited for that one it was a letdown
0: because yeah the concept like all right all the favorite boards from throughout the series and then like all the best mini games from i was like oh that might be I was like you know what that might be a good place to, to really play it i mean i've got mario party uh advance you know the the e-reader board game thing oh no um that's the only <laughs> mario party game i own <laughs> um i saw it for cheap and i was just like well i'm just gonna buy it good to have it um but uh I think
1: this discussion of like Mario Party kind of also just leads into what makes N64 so great. Like <clears throat> Mario Party wouldn't work as well now because it doesn't work online the same way, and that's what everybody's playing. Like no one's gonna people don't get together for land parties or people don't get together for four four person 50 turn Mario Party matches like I used to do back in the day. Like, people don't do that, and kids, I don't think, would value that as much. And But, man, having those experiences from N64, that's what really also separates it. And that's the thing that it was the ultimate, like, what's the sound like? Like, the ultimate party machine. Like, yeah. you have all of those, uh, you know, opportunities available to you. And, yeah, Switch has Mario Party where you can play online, but, I mean... You know, it's just not the same you're not <laughs> there trash talking each other you're not there like yeah. bumping each other as you're trying to hit a seven thousand times in this in 20 seconds like it's just not the same to uh to do it online
0: and and the switch mario party like yeah it's got online technically but like you're not playing the boards with each other you're missing a ton of the mini games it's like what's the point like why half-ass it like it's it what when did that game come out It was like 2019 like like yeah it's can't figure like Nintendo drives me crazy sometimes like that but you know it was the yeah like I said it was the ultimate friend box like you knew someone that had it like people would you know you four people would gather around it almost every weekend you know yeah um or you would be over at someone else's house gathering around it um say what do you guys think of Mario Kart 64
2: Alright, uh, I have I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you guys are gonna hate me. I don't really like it. That, I, I loved it when I was a kid. Don't get me wrong. That game came out and I played the hell out of it for a long time. Uh, and it was like the standard for Family co or Family Versus stuff. But I just can't play it now. Like I just, something about it. I just can't go back to it, you know? But the soundtrack, soundtrack I'll go back to. The soundtrack will make you cry. It's so good.
1: Now I am happy you said that because we got in a very heated group chat discussion about this. <laughs> and I put that down as one of the games everyone loves, and I just hate it. Hate Mario Kart 64. See, it's, it's, my, not- it's my worst in the series. I have it dead. Just can't go back last. to it.
2: But also, Even uh, to be back fair, in the day. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like the SNES one either. I don't like the Game Boy Advance one. Like, there's, I'm just, I got really spoiled, I think, by Double Dash and like, just how smooth Double Dash is, and I just can't go back to anything less.
1: Yeah, I had yeah. that as my number one forever. Yeah, so like, I think
0: Double Dash. Yeah, eight eight replaced Double Dash for me too. Um, if I'm going to play a retro Mario Kart, I'm going to go to do Double Dash. I love. I have a similar experience to you, Haley. I loved it when I was a kid. Um, it's really hard to go back to. And it's like, um, why
2: would you? Because if you're going to play a kart racer on the N64, you got Diddy Kong Racing, and it's. I didn't.
0: I never played Diddy Kong Racing.
2: Have you still not ever played it?
0: Nope.
2: I actually still think it's kind of worth a shot in the year okay. 2021.
0: I just, I just was one of those things. I was like, I don't care about Diddy Kong. It came out like the same year, I think, as Mario Kart. And I was like, well, I care more about Mario. So if that I had was the one choose... that my
2: dad bought. Yeah. My dad was a gamer, <laughs> and he, mm-hmm. he like played a he played a demo kiosk of Diddy Kong Racing, and he was like, this is so much better than Mario Kart, and he bought it like for him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you were lucky then.
2: I know he was. He was a big gamer for a
0: while there. Yeah, yeah. No, my, uh, I, I think talking about Mario Kart sixty four. I don't put it at the bottom. I put the Super Nintendo one at the bottom. I think it's impossible control and really extremely difficult. Um, but a lot of I think a lot of the nostalgia people have for some of these games, I think is just because they haven't played them since they were a kid. Like everyone loves Gold Knight. I loved it as a kid. I it is impossible to go back and play that game. Yep. I, and I think a big part of it is the N sixty four controller is so weird and kind of garbo. And
1: oh, I know... I it comes knows- back controller. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'll
2: Bye. defend it if somebody's yeah. if somebody's got to defend it, I'll defend the controller.
1: Well, I love because I uh, so I, at school we have our after school program. We have a um, I, I run like a video game club for Ooh. when we're in person. In in the uh, before times, I had a video game club, and uh, I would bring in just you know I'd have different. I had like four or five TV set up. We'd have like an NES TV, SNES TV, Nintendo sixty four TV, like just set up all over the place um and my favorite is just handing a kid a nintendo 64 controller (laughs) for the first time and they're they're like what do i do with this they're holding like they're holding the d-pad and the joystick i'm like well that's not gonna work and then they're like uh like they can't get the concept so i'm like all right here's here's what you're gonna do left hand grab it here right hand grab it here and they're like oh my gosh like they have no clue what's going on it's, it's so entertaining to see them try, yeah. like, if they just walk over and pick it up, it's so entertaining.
0: Yeah, I, I, I will say I have seen that we've done some retro lounge stuff uh, at some various events where we'll have basically kind of a similar setup. And we usually have Mario Kart because it, it's pretty easy to pick up and play and, like, four people can play it. Um, but, yeah, when it's kid, like, they don't understand. It's so bewilderingly bewildering that controller for them. And to be fair, it probably was for us, too. Uh, when we first saw it, like you know, first got your hands on it, um, but see, yeah, some games just like have not aged well. I think this generation of consoles or you know, like this generation of games, like PlayStation One, especially, uh, and N64, I think, I think are really hard to go back and play now. Um, I and if there's you opt-
2: haven't, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. If you if you haven't, like now, obviously, there are exceptions to the rule. I think that like Mario 64 to me is always fun to just run around and, um. But like even then, like there's there's a lot of stuff that's like really dated and hard to play now. Um, and I think that's you know worth remembering. Like I, I think old and I, there's no point in playing that now. I, I think it's I think twin sticks ruined first person shooters, and I'm not even a first person shooter. Uh, we ruined it in the sense that like you can't go back to before then. Um, but you know, I used to sink so much time to that. I also used to play Turok all the time. I didn't know what I was doing.
2: Well, yeah. It was a
0: game with dinosaurs, so I wanted to play it.
2: I had no idea. There's just this big fog-filled void, and you're running around and there's raptors sometimes. And I'm like five years old. Like, what is happening? But I still liked it because it's dinosaurs. Like, yeah, and you're a five-year-old kid. That
1: was basically my experience with it as well. <laughs> um my my experience was like I got it one time and there was like ladders around and I couldn't figure out how to climb them. And that was about yeah. the, end of the rock for me. I like I was like, uh, and I can't really see what's going on, and I can't climb anything. And I'm uh,
2: dead. Turok might have been good, but I'll never know. <laughs> I still have a cartridge of it. I will never put that back in my system.
1: It's Absolutely. actually one of the things, uh, Limited Run Games came out with um, ones that look like them. And uh, I actually got it sitting over here. Uh, so they actually came out with ones that were like retro-looking N64 boxes, but it's like Switch. Wow, I got Turok 2, Turok 1. Like, legit. Well, it's for they remade them for the Nintendo, uh, yeah, for the Switch. And yeah, I, just, they did them I, had to, I had to get these. I mean, yeah. this is, is just, really just too cool. cool. That's really yeah, cool. they did the same thing for uh, ukulele. They had the a yeah. did Hat in um,
2: Time do that. I feel like Hat and Time did that. I'm not 100. percent Did Hat and Time have a limited run games release? I don't, I don't think so. Like I have you know, a physical yeah. copy for Switch, but I don't know if they did the N64 box. I could be manufacturing memory.
0: Yeah,
1: I no, mean, nah, I don't think so. I would have had it. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh man, I need to have that. I know it's
0: got like an N64 mode where, like, it looks like you know those old school polygonal graphics.
2: Yeah.
0: Which is which is a cool touch. Um,
2: even yeah. that couldn't save ukulele for me.
0: Yeah. They put
2: that in ukulele, and even that couldn't fix it.
0: It is interesting seeing um, the indie game resurgence for like these kinds of games, like you know these kinds of three D platformers,
2: like like nineties throwbacks now. Yeah, it's right on schedule. It's uh, yeah. we got our platformer boom, we got our indie RPG boom, and now we're on the indie collectathon boom, and I'm loving it personally.
0: Oh yeah, I, I know you're a big collectathon guy, Haley. I oh, yeah. personally am not, um, and I think that's part of the reason I never got into the Banjo Kazooie series. Like, I think. Granted, I know Donkey Kong sixty four is it to its nth degree, but like I find them so repetitive and so boring. At a certain point, I like uh, like even going back like as an adult trying to play like Conker's Bad Fur Day, I'm like, oh god. I, I mean, granted, they're they're cute and they're fun and like have uh, charm and humor and whatnot, but it's just like the I play video games for the gameplay, and like I get so bored with all the like yeah. gatekeeping and stuff in it.
2: This is where I this is where I differentiate Banjo and Mario sixty four. Um, so, I mean, I should, I should clarify Mario 64 raised me like a father. Like to to this day, I tweet out like Mario is my dad. Every time they do a Mario tweet, I'm like, Oh, it's my dad doing something. But like, um, they're just very different games. Like I I think of it more as Banjo-Kazooie is just straight up a scavenger hunt. And also you're talking to people and like there's character interaction and stuff. And it's more of like a fleshed out world. Mario 64 is just like gymnastic jungle gym. Like it's it's about how you get there. It's about the movement. Whereas Banjo Kazooie, I think, is what you about what you see along the way. Mario sixty four is about how just bouncy and fun it is to get from A to B. Okay,
0: because uh, my favorite thing about Mario sixty four is just moving around in it. Um, exactly. I guess I can see that. I, I just don't think collectathons are my personal uh, genre. I do, although I do, I, though, although I do like Hat in Time, but. Um, but yeah let's talk about some of our other uh, favorite games Andrew what's one of your favorites we haven't talked about yet
1: um all right so I made my I made my top five list okay number one on my top five list is Mario Party 2 okay so that's, okay so I did include that on there can I ask uh, why,
0: why Mario Party 2 specifically versus the other two Mario parties that are on there?
1: I think so Mario Party one I was big in renting it and it was like it had the nice set up and the games were good but it was like it wasn't fully polished it wasn't fully there yet and i feel like Mario Party 2 like got you there that and Mario Party 2 has the best boards Mario Party 2 has the best collection of games i can still go back and go and see the tree and play all the games over and over again like bumper balls it's always going to end in a tie but i'm going to have a blast <laughs> playing it all right? and it's like Mario Party 2 was just like the pinnacle. I couldn't tell you the number of 50 turn matches that we had to save and come back to for like a week straight that went, went on in that game. So changing the costumes for all of them and then yeah. you have a superstar at the end and then it's like, oh, geez, I forget who had the most coins. So who's going to be a superstar? And it's like, it's Yoshi with his little galactic ray gun. Like <laughs> when just being able to have that whole scene play out on the screen. And you just like trump around the room like, yes, it's me. And all your friends are all just like sitting there having to watch your character do some <laughs> crazy little cutscene at the end against Bowser. Like that was just the icing on the cake. So, man, Mary Party 2, when I got that on, on my birthday and I went to Catholic school and I was born on St. Paddy's Day. For some reason, we just always had off on St. Paddy's Day. And so I would just... Every time we got a birthday video game, I'm hammering away the whole day. And that one did not come out of my system very often.
0: All right. it's a good pick. What's your number two?
1: Number two, I had Banjo-Kazooie. Okay. Again, we've talked in detail a lot about it. Number three, Ocarina of Time. Okay. Uh... I didn't didn't get into it until later. So I never had it growing up. My one friend did, and I would go over – and watch him play it sometimes but i was never a huge zelda kid and it's because i didn't i think probably because i didn't grow up with the nes so therefore i really didn't dive in from that and i never had um i never had one until i don't even know what my first zelda game was i think uh oracle of ages okay for game there's some random game that i bought one day but uh once I came back and played it, of course, everyone always hypes it up and hypes it up. So it was way after that fact. But I played I was like, all right, that's a damn good game.
0: All right. No, so, so it did live up to the hype. I was curious what you think of it, thought of it, like, at way after the fact. Um, and
1: maybe because I hadn't played other ones. Like, I'm not a huge Zelda guy. I played Breath of the Wild. Uh, I've played a little bit of Wind Waker. Um, I've played a little bit of, like, Skyward Sword. Like, I've played a little bit of them. And then I'm always just kind of lost interest in them. But going back and I, we had like a blizzard. So I just went back and played it when stuck in my room and it, it was, it was good. It was good. I never played Majora's Mask though. Never did.
0: I would say give Majora's Mask a shot. It's, it's, it's really different. I like the three day system. I know that's a big piece of contention for a lot of people, but it really like, a timer on your ass so like you can't ju- like it, it changes, it completely changes how you play the game
2: yeah and it's not even like that big of an issue I, f- I mean i i always feel like there's two there's exactly two experiences that you have uh with Majora's Mask when somebody says they've played it, either their experience was they played the slowed down song of time and just took a merry stroll through the game and never felt pressed for time or they just felt the weight of that timer on them the entire time and it ruined their experience i feel like those are the two
0: versions of the game But like that's an intentional feeling that the game is giving you because the world is going to end in three days. Like you have to, you you can't just like I know there's a lot of people like the Zelda series for like exploration and stuff. I think because this is the era when I started playing them. Yes, you can explore a bunch in in Ocarina of Time, but I don't think I think those games aren't as open as people really remember them. I think we were just kids, and like I didn't like the nes games i didn't have super nintendo so i didn't play the and play Link to the past so like i don't know i i th- that wasn't a problem for me but like i love the three-day system it's the first one i think one of the few that still feels like a like a living world because every npc has their schedule so like clock town like everyone kind of like does what they do like they're available at this place at this time on this day like I, it, it felt so much more like alive than Ocarina of Time, even though yeah. everyone's dying in it.
2: Um, and then, like, you see stuff like that come back in later games. Like, you see every NPC has a schedule, like in Oblivion, Oblivion does that. And, like, people praise the systems there. But, like, I don't know. I liked that Majora's Mask kind of gave you that feeling of you better make some progress because the moon's coming. Like, I kind of enjoyed that. I feel like if a game is too open and there's no pressing goal, i, I, I kind of get bored or at least i did like as a kid i remember trying Ocar- ocarina of time and just being like well everything seems okay like i know everyone says ganondorf's gonna destroy us all but everything seems fine so i kind of liked the dread i don't know i kind of like the dread
0: yeah i, I mean don't get me wrong i loved ocarina of time i must have played that like 40 times as a kid like all the way through but I, I think if you like that i think give majora's mask a shot it is different but the fact that like the, even just like the little changes they make like like just running around as a Deku scrub, even. Yeah. Um. It's just, your, your characters, like, the different forms give you such, like, the gameplay so differently. Um. All the masks give you at least something mildly useful. Some of them are kind of dumb, but, you know, when there's so many of them, they're not all going to be winners. But, like, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's cool. It's fun collecting all the masks. And then at the end, you have to do, you know, if you have all of them, you can get the Fierce Deities mask, and you can make mincemeat of any of the bosses in, like, two seconds. Yeah. With it. Um have you haley have you beaten majora without using it he is so much harder
2: yeah I've actually never gotten the fierce deity mask um oh, really? I could not be arsed to do the couples mask quest chain and I just it was like that and one of their mask and I was just like you know what I I, I want to beat the game
0: I love the couple's I've... mask chain but every time I play the game I screw up this one little part of it in the middle of it so you have to go back and do the whole thing over again
2: yeah so,
0: um which I i mean that's the thing that's the game's punishment for you screwing up is you have to replay the game again
2: that um, and that's like that's kind of the way that i approached it the entire time i played it is like i would spend a lot of time figuring out what i had to do and then i would know what i had to do then i would just rewind time and then go execute like i feel like the game is about getting intelligence making a plan and then executing on a fresh like start yeah. of the first day
0: it's, it's one of those things like if, if you've you you tackle that game so much different than Ocarina of Time. I know we Absolutely. were talking about Ocarina of Time, but like Majora's, Majora's Mask is my number one N sixty four game. Um, although I, I don't think I put him in his formal list. I just have a bunch I want to talk about. But um, so what was that for you, Andrew? Number four?
1: That was number three. Oh, At number first three? I didn't really have him ranked. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of like top five. Uh, another one that I put in there was Super Mario sixty four. We talked about it a lot. Love and those. my fifth one's kind of a wild card okay. um but being the fact that it's the n64 four player you're there to have fun right it's that's a another good thing about n64 like just how fun the games were they weren't like now every game so serious like you were talking about playing spider-man before and yeah spider-man it's fun as heck to swing around but there's always some like super serious tone on oh, these spider-man
0: games. The made, at like, the end at the end of the ca- campaign it almost made me cry <laughs> yeah
2: too.
1: And like, Last of Us is just like, oh my gosh, this is, I'm just dragging through this and I'm just, it's just bitter. And back then it was just like, whoo, banjo world, running around, having a blast. And like, I got my four, three friends here. We're all taking turns. Mm-hmm. Um, so my last game on my list, NFL Blitz Special Edition.
0: Ooh, Blitz yeah. is a good one.
1: That was the, I mean, the heyday. I know people who have PlayStation, they're, Partial other blitzes. We had blitzes on super on a uh, N64 as well. I picked special edition. Uh, special edition only was released at Blockbuster. Um, so we had uh, Blitz, Blitz 2000, Blitz 2001. Special edition is the same game as 2001, uh, with an updated roster. So that's all okay. I did. but uh, so I picked it because it was the most current one. Um, because so uh, the eagles also. were actually pretty good as opposed to like the first blitz where the eagles are just god awful so then they actually were good by special edition and i can actually use them um but oh Maybe my god, that's gosh. a
0: reason they stick stick with the yearly releases for sports games your team's finally all right <laughs> um say so i only had vanilla blitz but my brother and i would play it all the time because it's a I like, I like the arcadier great. sports games in general
1: and like blitz is i don't think it's gotten better than the blitz series for football and in, in terms of, no, yeah, why... definitely not. Um, and you know, th- they even tried with the other ones, of course. You know, you got your hits and your uh slugfest and all that, but man, blitz is just <clears throat> the original blitzes are just crazy. And even when you do get the chance to play them at arcades, like it just feels the same playing at 64 and arcades, it just all feels so good. And just being able to demolish people after the play, oh, there's there's just nothing like it. I was playing, um, on an actual arcade system with my fiance. And she was just like, why do you keep doing that to my players? I'm like, that's blitz. You guys yeah. got it. <laughs> your guys, your guys getting uh, body slammed after the whistle and they're just slow motion zooming out so I can have six guys dogpile on them. It's just, that's the game. She's like, oh my gosh, he's going to be hurt. I, You can't, you're going to kick my guy out of the game. I'm like, I mean, yeah. Can, perfectly healthy the next play.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you can get people injured and they have to leave the game, you know, whatever. It happens in real life. Well,
1: the- <laughs> they just like drag their leg for like the after play and then they're back and they're good as go.
0: Yeah. Um, what about you Haley? What's one of your favorites? All right. We haven't talked about extensively now.
2: So the, and that's, that's the hard thing. It's like, it's, it's like, it's uh, like we said before, there's 296 and 64 games and people remember 30 of them. So like, there's just so there's just such like this tiny number that actually get talked about, but like my number one game of all time, just as, as a game is Mario 64. I know it should be Odyssey now but like nostalgia is a powerful thing. And Mario 64 has it, some of my earliest memories of being a living human being. We're playing Mario 64. It was to the point where like my parents bought me the collector's edition with the soundtrack and they would put the soundtrack on instead of like a nursery rhyme tape when I was going to sleep at night. And like, <laughs> and like it came with like a little Mario figure that was just like molded rubber or whatever. Uh, and that was like my my favorite toy as a kid. We wrap it in tin foil and like say it looked like the metal power up. It was real cute. Um, that yeah, that game just was like all I was all about it. Um, and I, the experience I had with it was basically like it raised me. I would play it all day to the point where like to get me to take a break, my mom would have to tell me Mario was tired. <laughs> like <laughs> I'd have to let him sleep because if you let him sit, he'll go to sleep. And like yeah my mom was smart and she used that. Oh that's um, a good one.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: But then like, you know, it's th- then I get older and the GameCube comes out and I get distracted for a bit, but then uh I went back to the N64 at like 11 or 12 and started replaying a bunch of games and then just realized like, man, Mario 64 is really good.
1: <laughs> and yeah. just like
2: sat down 100% at it. But all right, so so not to dwell on that too much. It was kind of a similar story with Banjo-Kazooie, like had it so early. It was just so perfect for me. Um, but nobody needs to sing that game's praises. The one tangent I will do is that Banjo-Tooie scared the heck out of me when I was a child. I was terrified of Banjo-Tooie. I would actually, you... What did it do to you? Um, so at the start of the game, well, number one, it's very gloomy. Like, if you haven't played Tooie. Um, so Banjo-Kazooie is, like, this very bouncy, kind of cartoony. Um, everything's fine. The villain is just a witch who wants to be pretty. Like, it's the stakes are low. Um, at the start of Banjo-Tooie, the... Spiral Mountain, that was like so happy and cheerful, is super gloomy and like the music's in a minor key and the villain is like a skull head uh, of the boss from the first game. Uh, They kill Bottles. He just dies.
1: I was just gonna say, Bottles is dead. Uh, They just kill him and
2: they show you. They they show you as they kill him. And so I'm already trepidatious. And then like, you go into a cave, you fight Klungo, and finally you get to the Isle of Hags and you're like, okay. Maybe it was just a rough start, everything's okay now. And you're progressing like on your way to the first level, not even there yet. You have to go see King Jingling. But after you talk to King Jingling, like a big laser hits him and turns him into a gray zombie. And I was in tears. I was like a child, just like crying over this guy. <laughs> it, it was terrifying. I was a wimpy kid, man. But <laughs>
1: it All was right. it
2: was like terrifying.
1: So we were talking about, yes. about Banjo-Tooie though. I, there's probably... I don't think I know a person who got Banjo-Tooie, and I don't think I know a person who didn't have Banjo-Kazooie. Isn't that crazy? Huh. How, like, that sequel... Like, the the first game sold... so Like, every everybody who had an N64 had Banjo-Kazooie. But then, I guess Banjo-Tooie just came out so late in that lifespan that just, like, they, they just missed out. And I guess, you know, then you don't see Banjo again until the terrible Xbox 360 stuff. So it's it was- like... uh was so it late two thousand, I think. Yeah, so it's just crazy to think like Banjo Tooie is the same game, and how many people missed out on that? Like, I still haven't even played all the way through. I I got through the beginning part of it. I know Bottles is dead, and you know I haven't really had the time to to do more of that. But it's just, you know, I feel like that happens with a lot of these games early on too. Maybe they just miss that sequel window. And nowadays, pff, developers are not missing sequel windows when they've got yeah, them.
2: I think it was a combination of it came out in the year 2000. I think it was late in the year 2000. And then also, man, it was just a scary game for kids. Like, they put in the Minjos, the evil Jinjos, and the first game teaches you, oh, the Jinjos are nice boys. You can go be friends with the Jinjos. And then the Minjos attack you, and none of your attacks work on them until you get Wonderwing. So, like, none of your attacks work on the Minjos, and that's terrifying. Like, there's nothing scarier as a kid than an enemy that you can't hurt in a game. It's terrifying. So, like, (laughs) I think that might have contributed, to Just the general, spookiness.
0: Well, I was gonna say the eel scared me in Super Mario 64, but I kept me playing too. it. Um,
2: all right, I should do. I should do like a non-mainstream favorite. Paper want, Mario. Yeah. Paper Mario. Good game. All
0: right, we we're gonna um, have to bring up Paper Mario at some point, but
2: I mean, we're there. We're right here yeah, on it. Talk about it. <laughs> Paper, Paper Mario is a good game. Um, it was one of those games that I got as a kid and I hated it because I just wanted to play Mario 64. That's all yeah. I wanted. Um, I hated it when I was a kid. I went back to like 11 or 12 years old and it was like, this is this is amazing. Like this is such a good game. Um, yeah, let's, let's go Paper Mario. Right.
0: I, I didn't know anyone that had Paper Mario as a kid. I finally went back and played it like five years ago, um, loved it. And then immediately followed it up with Thousand Year Door. I'm like, oh my God, I can't get any better than this. And then immediately got, it didn't because um, the rest of those games are bad. Um, oh, but yeah, that first oh, game-
2: God, King's okay.
0: Yeah, it, they keep they keep refusing to make the Paper Mario games we want. I um, but one but Paper Mario sixty four is really good. Like, I would say Thousand Year Doors is a scotch better, but it's it. Does, I'm not trying to take away from Paper Mario sixty four is still a really good game. I it's love still the, my
2: go to uh, oh, yeah. Bowser kidnas Peach story.
0: Like what's when your, somebody um, says, oh, "Okay, what's your favorite like chapter in it?"
2: Favorite chapter in Paper Mario the first.
0: I mean, I know it's the, mine's the murder mystery.
2: The murder mystery is really good. I feel like it's uh, the Boo Mansion one. I loved like
0: Oh, that one's good too. Yeah.
2: I just, I, it really was kind of scary, but it was like the right kind of scary. It was like, or, you know, it, playful scary.
0: It's spooky, not scary.
2: When Tubba Blubba chases you through his mansion, yeah. and like, I think you can just hide from him with Bo. So, like, the stakes yeah. are low. Yeah, yeah. You, can just,
0: you can just hide from him
2: that one was memorable
0: yeah uh i just remember the, the the murder mystery like you're like oh i'm a happy little penguin town and then you're like i gotta go talk to the mayor and he's dead and everyone thinks you <laughs> killed him and like you have to solve this mystery it turns out he's not he's fine but like it just the the swerve of that I was like oh my god um that was what's fun about that game though is it was very playful and like it uh it would you didn't know what was going to happen next and thousand your doors like that too um I don't know. It, it they're really cute. It's really fun. Yeah, I, I will
2: vouch for Origami King. Brought some of that energy back. Like okay, some of the, some of that vibe is back. We we're still a deficit for named characters, but like a lot of that playful. You don't find and then like, like also sometimes a little bit too real is yeah.
0: You you don't find like the combat in it completely pointless because you don't get experience points or anything like you. I don't know. So
2: the combat the combat I think isn't there, there's some kind of progression. I genuinely don't remember why I did it. I think it was like coins are important or something. Cause you can just, um, coins to just buy. You can just stuff. skip the combat. Yeah. But like, yeah. But like the game isn't about the combat. Like it gives you so much to do besides that. that I don't know. It's, it's all right. It's an okay game. It's like a seven.
0: I don't know. I just, I just missed the turn-based RPG stuff. Um, you're right to,
2: you're right to miss them.
0: But yeah. Do um, You have anything else you wanted to, to bring up before we go to commercial break?
2: uh i'll do hidden gems after commercial break i guess
0: all right so we're gonna take a quick commercial break when we come back we're gonna give you guys some recommendations hopefully we find some hidden gems for you uh, as you can check it out so i'll see you soon all right Created by husband and wife team, Kendall and Kayla, Star Savior Bunny combines Sailor Moon-esque superheroics with the challenges of early adulthood. Read for free at tapas.io and check out their Instagram, at Bunny for new updates and projects. Thank you for listening to our podcast, but have you checked out our store yet? We saw all kinds of nerdy products from comics and graphic novels to retro video games, model kits, toys and statues and more. Visit us at levelupentertainment.com and as a special exploratory promotion, the first 20 people to use the code FRIENDSCAST at checkout will receive 10% off their first purchase. If this is successful, we will do more podcast-exclusive promotions in the future. That's levelupentertainment.com and code FRIENDSCAST. F-R-I-E-N-D-S-C-A-S-T. This message is
1: for Ileana and Miguel, hey, this is uh, Gabriel Iglesias. It's Mark Hamill here. What's up, y'all? This is me, DMC to K-I-N-G. Do- Martha Sedan, the zombie king. i Paul Felder, UFC fighter. WWE
2: superstar, Sonia
1: Deville. What's up, guys? This is Harry
0: Mack. Hi. Hi, I'm Julia Leewald. And I'm Eric Leewald. Hey, this is Matt Cardona from the Major Wrestling Figure
2: Podcast. I Warner here described mysteriously as an old man from Michigan. And you are watching Toy Quest 101, baby. And you're watching Toy One Quest, Quest 101. 101.
1: You're watching Toy Quest 101 and you're watching toy quest 101
2: Bruh. hey guys it's eliana mcgill here from toy quest 101
0: make sure to check us out for toy reviews actual unboxings and to see what celebrity guests might pop up to help us inspire kids with autism and special needs you can find us on instagram twitter facebook and TikTok. and make sure to subscribe to our youtube
1: channel toy quest 101
0: oh and remember the force will be with you always bye now And we're back. All right. So, Haley, what were some of those hidden gems you wanted to tell us about?
2: All right. We talked about Zelda a little bit. I'm going to tell you guys the game that Zelda actually ripped off for its 3D formula. And I'm not, you know, this is a playful, like, it didn't actually rip it off, but it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a game on N64 called Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. It is uh, in a long line of games that just didn't really have a big foothold in the West um, and still doesn't to this day, but like, it's really big in Japan. Um, came out in 97, in August of 97. So it beat Ocarina of Time to market by a year. And the best way that I can describe this game is like, it's very Japanese, but in, in a pre-mainstream weeaboo Japanese way. So like it's, I don't know how better to describe that. Um, very Japanese, but it's it's what if like a 3D Zelda was also kind of an action platformer. Um, so you play as Goemon. And you live in Edo, I think. And it's like feudal Japan. And one day, like a flying saucer comes to Edo. So it's already kind of goofy from the start. And they turn Osohei castle. It's a big, it's a big Japan castle. They turn it into like a European castle. And this is a crime and you've got to stop them. Um, so like on the way you find out that, that it's like this guy named Spring Breeze Danson. And he's like a musical theater villain and he's, he's, the whole plot becomes like a musical theater thing. So it's it's a musical now, kind of, when you have the bosses in view. And then it's just going across this crazy, wacky pan world, going through dungeons like it's a Zelda game. Uh, at no point does it take itself at all seriously. And it's just great. It's just so good. Like, I don't know why I'd never hear it talked about more. It's like easily a top 10 game on the system.
0: And now, Andrew, you've got all the games, so you must surely have found some that you didn't think were going to be cool that ended up being cool.
1: Yeah, my uh, my first hidden gem. Um, so my, uh, my friend came over one time and I just went to my batch of games and was just like, okay, we're just going to pull this and this and this. And we just pulled a variety of different things. So we had like Nagano Olympics and like stuff that we put in uh, chopper attack and I'm like okay you know that's coming right out and uh, but the one that was like oh wow this is actually really cool uh, micro machine sixty four turbo that's my uh, that's my first recommendation oh, where is it down here yeah. micro um, machine sixty four turbo
2: I think I have that
1: and um you know just looking at your like micro machines or those little toys whatever like how cool could it be it's probably a little kid kind of game and like we just got hooked playing it um so it's a it's top down um and your your levels are like just you're playing on like a dining room table you're playing like all these little micro little worlds and uh you know your controls are pretty basic like no matter what direction you're facing it's left and right or turning um If you fall off, your guy like blows up. If you go off the screen, your guy blows up. So like one of the multiplayer games is if you're just like faster than the other person and they get left behind, then you get a point. And then whoever gets the most points ends up winning. And it's just like so addictive and fast paced and just chaotic. And it's just, it's just awesome. And the other thing that's really cool about it is you actually can play. And I think it may be the only game you actually can play eight players at the same time on the system. With no multiplayer, like no adapter or anything like that. So what you do is you you take your controller and one person is playing with the D-pad, and one person is using the C buttons on the same controller. Oh my gosh.
2: That's so cool.
1: And you got eight people playing at the same time, and it's not split screen, like you've got eight cars just going crazy on the screen all at the same time. And if you go off the screen, you're blowing up, people are blowing up all over the place. <laughs> and your, your car automatically goes forward too because you only have four buttons to use. Really, you're only going like left and right. And uh, and yeah, I, I think it is the only eight player action. It says right on there, maximum multiplayer racing. Like you're not getting more than eight people. So if you haven't tried Micro, micro Machines 64 Turbo before, uh, it was just a straight up port from uh, the PlayStation version, but PlayStation's got two. 64 you got eight people so that's you tell crazy. me which version's better
0: Ooh, I'm <laughs> shocked that sounds like it's fun uh it sounds like it'd be more fun as an adult if we can yeah. parties and stuff again because you can imagine like having some drinks and playing that oh, oh you, my gosh they, <laughs> <everyone> <laughs> Is the just,
2: person on your controllers beating you and you just yank it <laughs>
1: <laughs> oops <laughs> yeah um yeah not good if you have people throwing controllers that's not uh you can't have any ragers uh, they have to be on their own. So you can only have a maximum seven and one rager. <laughs> could
0: could you try to control two cars at the same time? Just hold it like weird?
1: You probably could. Oh, man. Uh, That's yes, how you handicap now. the
0: person who's really good at the game.
1: That would that would absolutely throw my students for a loop if I had that. All right, guys, you're going to be holding this controller in this way now <laughs> and both hands control someone else. So <laughs> good. That's uh, a-
0: that's a really good pick i'm yeah i'm surprised i never hear anyone talk about that game uh because again it sounds like a good party game which is what the n64 was best at
1: um yeah i was like i was amazed when we put it in there i was like oh wow like it's it's all so like bizarre looking too like the menu's bizarre the levels are bizarre and you're just like is this i don't know if this is like shovelware or i don't know if this is good and then you're just like that was really fun let's play another one and see and then you know three hours passed and you're like what just happened
2: that's the kind I, of I know i have that cartridge i know i played it as a kid but i don't think i ever fully appreciated it like i know that there's a reason that we kept it there's a reason we kept the game obviously i, I gotta go back and try it again
0: yeah I, I think it's something i might hunt down myself um say so one of one of my picks and it, i don't know how obscure or offbeat this is because it's a entry and i classic video game uh, you know, franchise, but like Space Invaders on the N64, isn't just a straight port of it. Um, you get all kinds of crazy power-ups in it. Uh, you have to, there's a level for each planet in the solar system because they're invading from space and there's different bosses and things. But what makes the game fun is it's two players simultaneous. Um, and a, a buddy of mine, like we didn't put it down until we beat the game. Because I think it's it's like classic arcade. Like, I think you only get three lives each, and then it's done. You have to start over from the beginning. Um, but like, there's some really cool like power ups. There's like homing missiles. There's like a laser that clears like a whole row. Uh, but you only get like a little bit of that. Uh, every yeah, every world has like different uh, enemies, and they have different attack patterns, and like will shoot different things. I don't know. It's it's, it's it, at the end of the day, it is still Space Invaders. But something about it was just really fun and addictive. And it's one of the ones I never hear anyone mention anything. Like it's not going to blow your mind or anything, but um, I think it's worth because it's only like it's less than ten dollars. It's cheap. It's it's worth picking up if you see it, in my opinion, at any rate. What about you, Hale? You got another one?
2: Yeah, let me hit you with one more. So, so the N sixty four is like main thing is collect-a-thons, right? People always talk about collect-a-thons, but the one that I always see missed and I don't think this is as, this isn't like an obscure game, but it just gets missed in the conversation is Rocket Robot on Wheels. Um, it is made by Sucker Punch, the people who went on to make a Sly Cooper. Um, and it's like a physics-based 3D platformer collect on the N64 and the physics are what I can, I think it's best described kind of patronizingly as like really good for the N64, maybe not good on any other system. <laughs> um, and sure it would be like, amazing
0: so, at Super Nintendo.
2: Oh yeah. But like so, so you're this little you're this little robot man. His name is Rocket. He's a maintenance robot for an amusement park in space. Um the mascots like a walrus, the the secondary mascot's like a raccoon and the raccoon has a scheme to become the primary mascot. The stakes are the stakes are not high. Um and so he like takes all the tickets or something that you would win in the theme park. And Rocket has to go around and get the tickets back to open up the, the way into the last level where you save the primary mascot. And I think it all has to happen before you're, you're the guy who made you, the guy who owns the theme park gets back or something. I think he's not supposed to know that the raccoon can talk. I don't know, but it's- It's, it's like it's like Toy Story rules, you know? I think so, but it's it's really good though. It's like, it's so you play as this little guy uh, and his abilities are pretty limited, but you have a tractor beam that's like a physics-based pickup, like any object that's small enough to be picked up. And like, you can throw stuff and it's, it's all just really physics-y. Uh, there's a bunch of physics vehicles that you can drive around. The soundtrack is wall-to-wall bangers, but they all kind of mix the energy of the location they're themed after. So like one is Coney Island, one is like ancient Greece, one's like a mine. Um, and they mix that energy with like creepy theme park. So okay. like, it's a game that that wears its theme the entire time, and I really like that about it. Um, What's it called? Yeah, it's just really. Rocket, Robot on Wheels.
0: I never heard of that. What a weird title. Oh,
2: and every time, also, he's only on one wheel, for the record. <laughs> he's only got the one wheel.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an ex- obscure one. It was one that I maybe have seen... I mean, the time I bought it and... That may be it. I don't think I've seen it any other time. And you would know it's on a red cartridge. So yeah. right off the bat, it's cool. I've uh, never heard but of it...
0: this.
2: And it got right. away. I had it. I had a copy of it as a kid. I got very close to the end. And then we moved house when I was like 17. And I haven't seen it since. And I'm very upset about it. But no, it's really good. Every time you do a double jump, he goes, woohoo. And it's just like, it's a great game. Play it.
0: All right. Interesting. Robot Rocket on Wheels.
2: Rocket Robot on Wheels. His oh name gosh. is Rocket.
1: Okay. Uh, what about you, Andrew? You got some more? Yeah, so the next one I have, I think we can all kind of agree that licensed games now are atrocious and should never happen. But back in the day, licensed games were like the pinnacle of games. They like, sometimes really good. Lion King for Super Nintendo I had played so many times, only have beaten it with the cheat code, of course, because it's so freaking difficult. But like, you just keep coming back to it. Um, Aladdin was the same way, and um, you know, once we got to the next generation, PlayStation N sixty four, there still were some good ones. Um, I know a lot of people probably are aware of Hercules, which was only out on PlayStation One, um, but my hidden gem for N sixty four would be Tarzan. What? It's Tarzan by Activision. It's not much of a game. It kind of follows the story. It's not very long, but those kind of games like the mixture of like 2D and 3D just like there's some some developers that just went so heavy into the 3D and it was just like garbage and it just looks go- like garbage and it doesn't age well and it didn't look good then and like they just were like 3d yeah we have all these megs we're we're gonna (laughs) pump out this crazy (laughs) thing you need you need the expansion pack for this game and it's like uh like it's gross but like tarzan when you're watching it and you're playing it you're just like no it just looks good it feels good everything about the game just like plays well and it's just i just don't think i think people see like disney tarzan Oh, I was fine when I played Aladdin and Little Mermaid and and Lion King when I was little. But I'm I'm big now. I'm going to play, you know, other games. And I think it just, you know, kind of didn't get the appreciation maybe that it it should have. So that's my hidden Was it like a two and a half
2: D? Is it like a 2D side scroller? Oh, cool. So
1: there's times where you're like going side to side, of course, Donkey Kong Country style. But there's also times where you're surfing down vines. There's times where you're running, like in Crash Bandicoot, where he's like running towards you. There's, um, there's levels where you're going out, you're swimming and stuff. Like there's a bunch of different varieties of those. And even though it is, you know, two D, like it still is kind of, it's kind of going like into the background in the foreground a little bit. It's not just flat. Like Kirby sixty four.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yep. So it, it kind of has the same feel as that in the 2d, 3d nature, not even as 3d as that though. It definitely holds on to its cartoony Disney animation style. Um, And I think that, you know, when you play it, it just, it's, it's like you're playing the movie and that's, yeah, you don't have Phil Collins just going hard in the paint um, in the soundtrack, but you do have the, the, you know, that same feel from the the visual. So Tarzan is probably going to run you about 30 ish bucks it was one of those games they also was released with uh with a big box and uh i couldn't even tell you how much that's going to be that's going to be one of the most costly things in an n64 collection probably more than sculptor's cut if you were to find a complete box with the um the toy for that so um you can stick to the cartridge zone that's it's much cheaper yeah. i thought
2: for sure when i heard licensed games on n64 come up i thought we were going to toy story 2 but i think that's getting like that's getting attention now like people are remembering that now so it's kind of becoming less hidden
0: yeah toy story 2 is a good game it was one of the ones i was like borderline to talk about i was going to bring up um this is like yeah i don't because for the same reason it's like uh, yeah i hear people talk about that one now and like it's a fun 3d platformer um and it's kind of like micro machines since you're you know scaled down to toy size like and these bedrooms like or you know houses like this big open world, you know and you the music goes shelves. so hard yeah um one of the ones i wanted to bring up and i don't know how scared some of my picks are going to be cuz i my i'm also skewed from just like living this every day is uh one of the ones i want to bring up is chameleon twist
2: oh yeah
0: um which is kind of a fun platformer it's not amazing but like it's got the you know see your little chameleon um like kind of guy, and you can use your tongue to like fling about and like latch on to stuff. So it's got it's kind of what I wish Yoshi's story was. <laughs> um, which Yoshi's story is fine, but you know I loved it as a kid. But like it, it's so easy and short. Um, I don't know. I, have, I, don't, I don't have too much to say of it, other than I think it's I think it's overlooked. Um, chameleon Twist Two is weird. It's not the one where we become like more like weird ball robot chameleon guys.
2: Yeah, they, like, change how they look, and it's, I think it's, you're cuter, you're, like, cuter in the first one, you get this big round head, and oh, yeah. the second one, you have, like, an actual lizard head, even though in Japan, you kind of stayed as, like, round head chameleon ranger. Yeah, yeah, it the first one's cool round head one,
0: yeah, so I always yeah. get them confused. Um, but, yeah, I mean, two's not bad, but I I, I think the first one is, is underlooked.
2: Would I be, would I be off, off sides sports? Would I be out of bounds saying that Chameleon Twist number one is kind of an N64 game that I think has SNES game energy? And I, I, I attribute that to it being a Sunsoft game.
0: I guess I could see that, yeah. It is, Is I feel like it's got more, it's like more 2.5D than it is 3D in a lot of ways. If that makes any sense. It's hard to describe without like, heavens, having footage think, in front like, of it. Yeah. yeah.
2: But there's uh-huh. like some rooms that were the the wall texture is just polka dots or like just candy stripes and like that's the kind of stuff that you didn't really see like people people were already immediately like well we need realistic rock texture like yeah. you kind of stopped seeing the the playful f- simple pattern environments but Chameleon Twist still did it and I think that made it feel you know like a generation like the previous generation visually anyway
0: yeah and there's nothing wrong with having Super Nintendo energy Super Nintendo's great oh yeah. But I, I definitely like, you know, what you what uh, was it, Andrew? You were bringing up like everyone wanted to be like, like hyper realistic, and and this was the time to get like mature. That's why I think a lot of this stuff does not age well. It's all brown and muddy and just like ugly. Yeah. Um, because like textures and stuff were there. Like even Ocarina of Time, like the textures in that game suck. Um, I guess the one thing the 3D version, I was like, oh yeah, they fixed it. It looks good. I think Majora's Mask, the 3D one, that they they changed too much stuff. Um, that it loses like there's still value in playing the n64 version
2: i think the muddiness enhances the dreary energy of majora's mask Well, like they,
0: they changed how the bosses work they changed how the bomber's notebook works they changed a lot of like they changed a lot of things about it um i mean core gameplay is still there but like yeah it's also a lot more colorful and bright and i'm like yeah it looks good but like not the same whereas ocarina of time i think you, that was fine but it's funny like you know game games from this era have to get remastered down. They have to fix they make they generally make them more colorful. Um but yeah so I don't know chameleon twist is fun. I, I would say give it a shot if you haven't uh if you have the option to I think it's only like 15 ish bucks as of this recording. It's it's sub twenty um for just a loose cart.
1: Yeah the first one's cheaper the second one's a little more costly. Yeah second um, it's
0: harder to come by.
1: Yeah when I sent my uh my friends the list of games I was gonna bring up the only thing my one friend had to say was hmm i don't see chameleon twist on there And <laughs> okay. there you go so thank you scott you brought up uh next brought i wasn't
0: sure how obscure it is just because like i usually i'm sitting on like three copies of chameleon twist at the store so, um but i'm, <laughs> I'm glad i brought it up no then uh you got another one then uh andrew you, you have a list of these as well
1: uh, i did now mine isn't uh... I put it on Hidden Gems just because nobody really has it for the N64. Everyone knows about them, but you're not going to be able to buy this one, so I'm kind of up in the air on if I want to include it. But I do... I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Worms Armageddon if we're talking about a party console and a party games. Like, Worms Armageddon's just got to be on there. And like I said, you're not going to be able to go out and find it easily. Um, I think the last copy i bought i have two because of course actually i came into i came into level up and um i said if you guys still have this in a week i'm gonna buy it and i it came back and then it was a week and i was like god damn it okay i guess i gotta yeah, buy it yeah. that was my second copy because i was like you know what you never see these they never come into the store like people don't say people say don't buy video games for investments but still it's like that's yeah, there's that nostalgia. And Worms Armageddon is like the best Worms game ever created. Now, I first started... Actually, my first copy was Dreamcast, the Dreamcast version, which is very easy to come by. I also have the PlayStation 1 version, also very easy to come by. Both of those are under 10 bucks. Worms Armageddon for N64 came out... I think it was the second-to-last game, maybe, released. It was definitely in the very, very end... Um, so it's going to run you like 200 or more. Um, but, oh man, just being able to get your friends out there and, um, you know, pick on these goofy named, you know, worms and drop holy hand grenades on them and throw sheep at them. Like there's just nothing like a game of worms and just going up and prodding somebody off the edge into yeah. the water. <laughs> That's the just best like, part. Yeah. It's just such imagine. a slap in the face. Yeah. You're just like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it damn it you did it and you just can't do anything about it and you said you were talking about turn based and like worms i mean it was released for ps plus like they had that new worms that came out so i think people you know at least are familiar with it but you know if you ever have the opportunity to go back and play one of the worms games from from this era that's just the peak and so hidden gem because nobody literally has the game um but you could get it for other systems for a lot cheaper. So uh, anyone listening to this, who wants to get into worms Armageddon, do it, do it.
0: All right. So I haven't played a worm game probably since about this era. So I know they still make them. I occasionally see them pop up on like, you know, digital storefronts and stuff.
1: Um, Yeah. I have a, a, sorry, I guess this book, I don't think you can get anywhere. Nintendo sixty four anthology. It's like British or something. I don't know. I I don't know where I even got it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I may have gotten it from your store, to be honest. Yeah,
0: yeah, we've had it. Yeah.
1: And uh, and so it has things like when it's released and like rarity and stuff like that. And according to this book, it says it only moved forty thousand copies for Worms Armageddon, which is like nothing. If I look at nothing. If I look at Sculptor's Cut, because Sculptor's Cut obviously is. We're not going to talk about it because it's an atrocious <laughs> game. And mm-hmm. the only reason it would belong in anyone's you know, collection is because of its rarity. It sold, it had 20,000 copies. So we're talking not that much more when you're talking about games that are selling millions, you know, uh, 3 million plus for some. And then you have a Worms game with 40,000. I mean, it only, sold,
0: 20, it only sold a little bit better because Sculptor's Cut was only available uh, through Blockbuster Video. So it was right. never even released for retail.
1: You know? Yeah, so think about that. Worms Armageddon is sitting on shelves, and they only sell forty thousand. So that tells you how late in the in the lifespan it was. Um, but still, great game. If it's not, if Nintendo sixty four one isn't one that you're going to be able to pick up, definitely Dreamcast and PlayStation.
0: Cool. What about you, Hales?
2: All right, so I got like two. I got two left, and really, they're more of just they're not really. So one of them is kind of like a shout out cause I don't think it's hidden. It just didn't get enough love. And the other one is I just want to confirm that anybody else remembers that it exists. So first one is Dr. Mario 64 came out, same same problem as Banjo Tooie came out in the year 2000. Um, but Dr. Mario 64 is the best version of Dr. Mario just bar none. Um, it's like Wario wants your pills for some reason and then he's <laughs> a vampire. Um, and it's got like a story mode, but then all the characters are like from Wario Land 3. So it's like a stealth sequel to Wario Land 3, but Dr. Mario. And then it has like a story mode. And at the end of the story mode, it's got like these cute little cardboard cutout storybook cutscenes. And the last cutscenes, just like, will it ever end? The end. <laughs> and it's those are the last two lines of dialogue in the game. Um, it's great, it's a great multiplayer game. Um, you got to plan on what my friend and I call lightning mode, where you set the speed to max, the level to one, and you set it to, like, uh, first to five wins, and then it just becomes a mad dash to clear, like, three viruses per round, <laughs> and it's, it's the best way to play that game. Okay. Um, and then my last one is, do either of you know of a game called Iggy's Reckon Balls?
0: Oh, I just had, we just, that was the... So we're sold out of N64 games completely at the store right now. That was the yeah. last game we had.
2: Okay, because like I, I so I have like a bucket of N64 games somewhere, and at some point I, I pulled that out of there for my Twitch stream, and I had like thirty people in the chat, and not a single one of them knew about this game. So it's like, and it's not a gem. I need to clarify. I don't believe it's a gem. It's just a game. <laughs>
0: but it is hidden.
2: Yeah. So you, it's, it's a two point five D. Uh, kind of like, you know, 3D models in a 2D plane, but it kind of moves the camera in a 3D way. But it's a racing game where you play, like it's a side-scrolling side, side scrolling racing game where you play as like a ball, all the characters are balls, and you have like a tether that kind of works like a hook shot, but you can also swing. And it's like extremely attitude era. Like it's definitely a game that's like a gross-out humor art style um, without doing just straight up gross-out humor, if that makes sense. And it's just so bizarre. Like it's a game that I don't really know what they were going for. I don't know if it's good because I don't know what it's trying to be. Um, but it makes like it makes a very interesting experience to just check it out.
0: Okay. I thought that was like $14, 15 bucks. It's not super expensive.
2: Yeah. I don't think anybody's clamoring for, for a copy of that game.
0: Yeah, that's fine. I think I only sold it because it was our last like decent N sixty four game. Um, yeah, which I guess we should point out like kids and everyone's still really into n64 it's like still our number one seller like it's most a lot of people have moved on to gamecube like because that's the thing like that when people like become old enough to have nostalgia and disposable income the video game console from when they were a kid becomes really sought after and like those games jack up in price so so people started i could see the shift moving to gamecube uh when it was happening but like n64 is still there Like that's like one of the number one things I got asked for this past holiday season.
2: You know, what's surprising me is like, so I've, I've become pretty involved in my, like my local music scene and the, the age range in that is like, we have some bands where the lead singer is 16 and then we have some people who are like 30 and like, but there are these kids who are super young, like 19 year old kids right now who are crazy nostalgic for the Nintendo 64. And I'm just like, Shouldn't you be on the Wii? Like, should and it's crazy to me that like it's somehow permeated that generation as well. I think I chalk it up to YouTube. I think YouTube has done wonders for like getting people fascinated in games from before they were born. Um, but yeah, the staying power has been really surprising to me too. Honestly,
1: I think the other thing that really makes it like yeah, people are going to move to GameCube, but are going to stick with sixty-four is. there's just something to be said about the cartridge era and the fact that you have that physical cartridge and you're holding that is just so much different than a disc and you know you have your nes and then you have your snes and then you have your n64 and then what else there's nothing after it so it's like any n64 is gonna have that last uh it's like the last hurrah of the cartridge until the switch really comes back you know besides um handheld systems and stuff which don't have the same collecting power, really, as the consoles, regardless. But um, you know, I think that's another thing that people are coming back to. It's just, like, cool and retro to look at something like this as opposed to a disc, which looks just like my PlayStation 4 and 5 disc. Like, it's not the same, you know, it, it's not the same feeling as that. Whereas, yeah, we have our crazy Blu-ray 4K stuff. But, you know, it doesn't look any different than a CD that shipped with PlayStation 1. 64 though you're looking at this like it had that that old school gray color that sony never wants to get back to with their own consoles even though everybody wants it like that the gray color and 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 just the sturdiness of the cartridge and just being able to blow in the cartridge to get it to work and do the you do three taps on your hand you know dress right here in the fat of the hand like it can't be a little higher or lower like it's got to be right there like that's just there's just something about that and i think it's regardless of what age you are but I think that's just so much different than the, than anything disc-based. And I think N64 probably, you know, the games, we talked about a couple of games, but the majority of them are terrible. But people still like to have that sort of thing. Like, they look good on a shelf. These boxes look a lot better than discs. Like, it's just, there's just something cool about it. Um, and, you know, kids are always going to look for that edgy, cool. Yeah, They just have that kind of feel about them.
0: Fair enough i just assume is I, I assume maybe like a lot with the older consoles are more likely that there's like hand me downs or like because you can get them like on the cheap that parents will like more likely to buy like an n64 for their like 3 year old than you know a playstation 5 you know um but you know we're all old enough that you know uh you know we have our own families in in theory not specifically us but like you know we you know then you bring on like, Oh, I, these are the games I played when I was a kid. Like I've heard so many conversations in the stores, like kids these days don't know what's about. I'm always just like, all right, you're old. It's flying. <laughs> I say that not like I'm the same age, but like, you know, people have that in their head. where like, Oh, this things used to be better when I was a kid, which isn't necessarily true, but people do share on their, their favorite games generation to generation. Like even talking to other people I know that have kids uh, now, like, they're playing Pokemon together, stuff like that. And it's like, oh, that's kind of cool that like, you know, you can still play the same thing. Like you can bring your love of something to the to the next generation, you know?
2: Yeah, I've I've got a friend, uh, I've got a friend who has two kids, and one of his kids hit uh what he jokingly called the, the gaming age, which is like where they can comprehend a video game. And instead of like just starting them up on the PS4, he started his kid on a Super Nintendo because that's what he had. And he's like, well, these games are a little bit simpler anyway, so it's probably a better starting place anyway. Plus, like, I can get nostalgic, so like, maybe it's, maybe it's some of that. Maybe it's like parents passing on the retro to their kids.
0: It's like, oh, I got to beat him in Mario Kart and show them I'm still dominant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my
2: kid's first game will probably be Mario sixty four, probably.
0: That's fine. It's their grandpa now, right?
2: <laughs> Mario will be their grandpa. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: My kid. Uh, I, I think. I mean, my kid's gonna have. Future kid, not not anytime soon. Yes, going to have plenty of uh plenty of options. Um, and that's one thing. Like what I was thinking too. Like, you know, everyone will be talking about whatever games those are. Um, but it's, I think starting off with the ones that are like these nostalgic uh, older consoles also give the kids a, more of an appreciation for the ones that even exist today. And that's kind of the, one of the reasons why I do that after school club When the kids are like, look, can we play Fortnite and rocket league? And I'm like, no, we can't, we're going to play these games. And they're like, Oh wow, this is really fun. Or like, they can just pick it up and, and go to town on it. And you don't have to really, they're like, how do I jump? And I'm like oh, that button. And then there you go. You just learn the game. So, um, mm-hmm. and the kids, you know, they just love being able to, to experience that. And it's just different from what they, they have. So you know. Starting off small like that, even if yeah, it's more basic or whatever, but they do have level levels of depth that you can still appreciate, and it doesn't require you know, sixteen buttons to do it.
0: Yeah, and I guess maybe it looks like Minecraft, so that helps. That's still, <laughs> that's still popular, right? But yeah, like I said, you 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 know, with your after school class and stuff, you see it firsthand more than the rest of any of us uh, that kids can still still like the old consoles you know um i just yeah i always think it's it's interesting um just because it's, it's again it's not something like i had it when i say i was a kid i was like 10 which i guess is still young but like i think consoles when i was a kid i think any as sega genesis uh you know i think more 8 16 bit but you know 64 bit is also cool it's got more bits um but yeah um
1: i don't know you guys gonna get into some final thoughts or uh well, I have, I have a question I'll pose out there. Sure, what's we up? All, we can all come out with, uh, with our list. <clears throat> all righty. So we talked about a bunch of the fact that it's multiplayer. All right? If you had a, the ability, like if I had my complete collection, 1999, Slumber Party, what are your four multiplayer games you're firing up on N64?
0: Are we our age now, or is it we're putting we're going back to like nineteen ninety, like the nineties, like when we were kids?
1: Back in the 90s. every game now, yeah. You okay. have all the games; every game exists. Which one are you firing up?
0: That's hard. All right. Well, uh, we I, I, go, I'll
1: go. We'll go round around the circle. I'll start. All right. All right, so, all right. So. One we haven't. One we haven't mentioned. And anyone listening to an N sixty four podcast is probably going to tear us apart if we don't mention any of. This genre of game for N64. WWF No Mercy. Yeah.
0: Uh, see, if I was going to pick one, No Mercy was one of the ones I was like, I was like, is it going to be unhidden because it's wrestling? No Mercy's my jam. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll definitely play that. Um, so
1: that's, that's the first one. So when you were talking about Super Smash Brothers, I actually made a little list on my, um, on my notes that were called Games Everyone Loves, um, But There's Better Alternatives. And that's so super smash brothers. I had on there and I was thinking like, all right, you have, you have a dilemma and you need to solve it. Nowadays, you may fire up like smash or when I was like in college and we'd come home after a party, we'd fire up smash and we'd go to town. Royal rumble, WWF, no mercy. That's where, that's where all problems were solved. Everybody just, you know, you got no clue who's coming out next. You got no clue who you're going to control.
0: Yeah, I no mercy is a good pick. That's a good one. Yep. Um, oh man, yeah, no mercy, no mercy is really good. I really liked no mercy. Um, I know what if I'm playing with four people, and I didn't have it as a kid. I yeah, let's bust out a Mario Party. I guess we'll go a Mario Party too. <laughs> um, I I I think I appreciate that more now than I would have as a kid, because I think part of the reason I didn't really know anyone that had it is like, oh, it's a board game. You know, I want to play a video game. You know,
1: those those mini games are just so darn addictive. Oh my gosh! See, but like I've, I have, I do
0: have some experience with the Mario Party games, and I I like the boards that have like a lot of interesting strategy. Like, if I go this way now, I can trigger this tree to block this path, and like they can't go this way. And like I I I like thinking a couple moves ahead now. I think, like I said, I think I appreciate it more. As a 35 year old, than I would have as like a, a 12 year old. Um, but yeah, yeah, no mercy. Mario Party. What about you, Haley?
2: So, all right. So this one, this one, I, I have like vague memories of, but they're vague good memories. Um, there's like a Destruction Derby. I think it might just be called Destruction Derby '64. Um, and literally, you just drive cars around and blow each other up, and it was rad as hell. And like I was a very small child with a very small brain, so it didn't take much. But I liked, I liked that game. My brother and I played that a lot.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, the maps are so tiny that like you yeah. just have to, you can't avoid people in that game. <laughs> it's just because you know, there's always when you're playing that and you're like, I'm just gonna do like the bumper car technique and try and avoid everybody the whole time. And now you can't and you can't in, you can't in the Destruction Derby. No, that one is not at all. Just all around mayhem. Um. All right, I got another one that uh that would have gotten fired up. Now I'm in the we we talked about gold night, but I am in the party of perfect dark over okay. gold night. Even cool back in the voice. day, even back in the day, because when I threw the list out to my friends and we were talking about them, and they were like, "Oh, you're just letting you're just letting the nowadays cloud your view." Like gold night was awesome. Everyone played. I was like, "Okay, I like gold solo single player the best." But once Perfect Dark came out, and your guns had different things you could to, you could like change how your gun operated. Like every gun had two different ways they could work, and you could put an alien head on a person's body. Like that was that was perfect. And I just think it just it ran better, it plays better. I think you can go back to Perfect Dark easier than you can Goldeneye. You can't go back to either very well at all. But I, I just think Perfect Dark is the this is my unpopular opinion. Perfect Dark's the superior game. I never played Perfect Dark, so
0: I can't argue with you. But like I said, I, I loved Goldeneye as a kid, but like as an adult, I cannot like I would not have picked I would not choose to go back to that.
1: Um, it is it is a brutal experience. <laughs> yeah. But uh but perfect dark. Even back then, they were because they were like, "Oh, you just don't like Mario Kart because it's terrible looking back on it, and you don't like Goldeneye because it's terrible looking back." And I was like, "No, even ten-year-old me didn't like them. Like, for Mario Kart, give me any of the cruising games, and Isn't I'm prefer- USA! any of the cruising <gasps> games. I'm in any. I wasn't a big Diddy Kong Racing fan myself. Give me F Zero because I that game still today. If you fire up F Zero X, that thing." Runs as smooth as a Current gen game like that If you haven't played F-Zero X That's a mind blowing game in and of itself Um And you know I got Star Wars Racer was my first Game since it came with the console And that's another game that like In my opinion kind of Blows Mario Kart out of the water When it comes to a racer it's just Like a pure Racer that's just better than Mario Kart I just I just hate not being able to see where I'm going and Mario Kart you're just like unless you have everything memorized which I know people have the the courses memorized but it's just uh, so rough compared to those other ones I wasn't I mean, a fan back then
0: I, I mean my one of my picks would be Mario Kart 64. I do like Mario Kart 64
1: That's a go-to and yeah, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna stop by your booth at uh at beer fest and I'm still gonna play Mario Kart 64 like I mean the,
0: the reason we do that is because people it hits it's, it's, it's the more nostalgic the biggest like target. And like I usually bring a couple of games, but it's just easier, like because I bring like I brought like Smash Bros. I think I brought Golden Eye. Um, and just it's easier to just put Mario Kart in and everyone kind of knows what they're doing. And everyone's at Beer Pest has been drinking, obviously. You know, it's a festival for beer. Um, so it's 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 still a good time. Like I I want to defend it a little bit. We're talking about all these other racing games. I'm like, it's still good. <laughs> I get, a, it is yeah, lower like on the totem pole for me for Mario Kart games. I am, you know.
2: Yeah. But. I'm spoiled. I'm it's no, spoiled
0: by it's Double no, Dash. It's no Double Dash. Double Dash. Double Dash is one of those ones, where, like, when I first played, I was like, oh, this is this is good, but it's not as good as Mario Kart 64. Like, the farther I got from, I'm like, wow, this one's way better. And then we came out, and I'm like, I kind of missed Double Dash. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, that, I. I mean, honestly, Mario Kart 64 or really any of those games you guys brought up, if they're four players, because uh, I think F-Zero is only two, right? Or was it four? No, like...
1: I believe it's four. I forget now. I can't remember.
0: But really, any any, you're spoiled for choice for like quality racing games on 64. There's a lot of really good ones. Because, yeah. Like, yeah, the cruising games are fun, too. I used to rent those.
1: Now, I know Cruising USA is only two players, but the, the rest of them are four.
0: Yeah, you can get Cruising World. You get the whole world in that one, not just
1: the USA. Um, I love going from, like, the Grand Canyon to Mount Rushmore in one race. That's yeah. that's, yeah. that's, that's how, always my favorite part of Cruising USA.
0: That's how I learned geography, um, <laughs> which is why our country's so messed up when it comes to the geography. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I I guess it would be uh, pick your poison on the racing games. But, yeah, honestly, that Micro Machines game sounds awesome. I kind of want to play that in a party setting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I'll cop out and just be like, oh, pick whatever racing game you guys want to do. And I'll play that. What about you, Haley? All
2: right, so so the last thing, the last like uh, big, memorable, multi-person experience that we haven't already covered. Because, like, of course, I've done the Mario cards and the Mario parties and stuff. But there was – so I was a big Pokemon kid, and my town was was a big Pokemon town. Like, to the point where, like, I was two years younger than my brother – and him and all his middle school friends were playing Pokemon even while I was I was still like a little elementary school kid playing it. So Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Stadium 2 kind of just became a thing that I think we might've been one of the only houses in the neighborhood that had it with the transfer pack. So when one of us or one of our friends were like about to fight the Pokemon League or something and go to beat the game, they would come to our house and do it on Pokemon Stadium on the TV with like you know three or four of us around just kind of cheering them on. Um, That's and then hilarious. once we, it was really fun. It was super cool. Yeah. It was tense too, cause you get to Lance and it's like, oh my God, he's so high level. But like, then it kind of evolved past that into <laughs> Pokemon Stadium grudge matches. and Just like, why would we ever battle with Link Cable when we could do it in 3D on big screen? So that became like a big thing that happened a bunch is you would, after we all beat the game, we'd put our team on the, on the Pokemon Stadium too and just fight in that. And that was super fun. I,
1: I, and another thing about those yeah. The, the mini games oh so my god them up mini i mini would say
0: mini. i would say if we're going to have our slumber party pick 2 because it has the better selection of mini games
1: yes, yes. i agree we, uh, um, we had a bachelor party one time and we played it was in we just had a house in brigantine and we went to atlantic city to do all that kind of stuff but then we would, came, we came home and it was just like people were playing pokemon stadium 2 mini games at some <laughs> point throughout the entire weekend and it was just yeah, that's the one thing about N6, some n some N64 games, the mini games blow the actual game out of the water. Another one I'm thinking of is Kirby 64's mini games. If you guys played those, there were yeah, only three of them.
0: I don't remember them. I had Kirby 64.
1: There was one where you were jumping and you had to like either jump one rock or two rocks, and you had to like get to the bottom, get to the and they were like. Some of the rocks disappeared. Some of them were turtles. Like he could. So there was that one. It wasn't as good. But there was another one. the The king of them was you're on a platform, a floating platform, and you would your guy would um, shoot out like a go across. I don't know, I don't know what you do. But all the blocks in front of you would turn a color and then fall, and then you would try and get everybody to fall and. That was just intense. I can so remember if you, this. If you haven't played the Kirby 64 mini games, there was a third one too, and I forget what that one was. I have but big
0: the- memories of that black one. I must have because the thing that came out late in the N64. I guess, I was, I guess when friends were over, we would play like our, our more staple ones that we already knew, like you know, Goldeneye or Hockey or something.
1: Yeah, I think it came out probably around '99. Um, again, the the Kirby 64 itself is a perfectly fine game. But the the mini games were that was where the big money was won. So I'd go you know after school um, go over to my friend's house and we would just fire that up in endless hours of yeah, and they only had three mini games, but that kind of tells you the uh, the lasting I mean, power need, of those three. Yeah.
0: Yeah, interesting. man, this sounds fun. I can't wait till uh, pandemic's over. We can all get together and play some video games again.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, guy or something in the back of the back of the store or something, get some of these mini games going.
2: Oh, we could have like a whole big reopening party. Oh, oh yeah, we
1: could do a whole thing. Um,
2: get like fake champagne,
0: <laughs> some champagne. Um, you mean get real
1: champagne? We <laughs> can't
0: it well, at the store. So, all right, so all every store anniversary we frame as like the store's birthday. So, we turned 13 last year and I was looking forward to that. I was like, oh, I can make it a bar mitzvah. Um, but obviously. <laughs> We couldn't do that last year but uh we've been talking about when we turn 21 it's gonna be like a byo byob thing or maybe we'll do something like at a bar um you know so we can have some adult beverages
1: yeah that'd be fun
0: uh, yeah but um I, yeah we'll, we'll definitely once we can st- i can't wait till we can start doing events and stuff again uh free comic day got pushed back from the first saturday may which is where it's always been to now it's august 14th because they pushed it back hoping they're like hey maybe because it's a national thing, and you don't know what states are going to be, you know, where where everyone's going to be. So hopefully by then the vaccines and stuff are more readily available so we can start doing events again. Um, I'm looking forward to doing that stuff. I really miss you know, planning them and putting them together and seeing everybody. Um, you know, it's a lot of a lot of work, but they're a lot of fun, but yeah, I definitely want to do more more things, and uh, I don't know, this has been fun, and I, like I said, I kind of want to go to this slumber party. Uh, something like can't really do online like there's games we can play online like for um uh for new year's eve a bunch of my friends and i got together and we we played uh, like the jackbox games over zoom you know but it's, it's something different about being in a room together um, yeah it's, it's it's yeah it's right it's like it's weird that the way technology is now like yeah it's so much easier and you can do so much more advanced games and like so much easier to do them online but like it is different when someone's in the same room with you it's it's got such a different energy
1: yeah you really see that with like smash too like i don't i would said i don't really like the n64 smash um but you know being able to play online just you're just fighting you're not like you're not like actually enjoying the fight you're just these characters and you're actually like you got legit people who are like way better than they should be at that game like you just need a bunch of people who kind of like Half assed their way through the game and only know a couple moves and just, you know, trash talk and keep items on and all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, yeah, that's where the fun of it is. So, like, even though, yeah, yeah, even though you can play online now, I don't think I ever played Switch on, like, I, I don't think I ever played Smash on Switch online just because it's just not the same. It's just not the same as being able to be in the room, you know, heckling people you know, coming down to the wire, you got people that are jumping, their, their cords almost pulling, you know, yo, you got to stop. You're pulling the system off the TV. Like that's what it's got to be.
0: One of our favorite, because we I played Smash Ultimate in person with uh, friends at different gatherings a bunch of times. Our favorite, well, mine and Harry's favorite thing uh, to do is we do like the smash down mode. where like, as someone picks a character, like that character's done. Um, like they're no longer on the, the character select screen. And you go down to like, until there's no more characters left um because he and i like a lot of the same characters so it's like do i want to just or do i want to just like grab little mac which is like one of his mains it's like is that way he can't get him, um and then even though i'm gonna probably lose stuff like that i don't know it's there's like a level of strategy to that too especially if you can get you know up to eight people on that one going um i don't know there yeah it, it is different whereas if we play online like like my friend Kendall and I have been trying to play games online. Like we we tried to do the Crystal, Crystal Chronicles remaster and getting online in that for that is such a big pain in the ass. That's not worth doing. We just tried playing the Scott Pilgrim re-release. Uh twice in the two hours we played, we'd get to a part in the level where like enemies didn't spawn and it wouldn't let us progress. So we'd have to like back out and reset the whole thing. Just oh. like, oh, it's, this sucks. Like, but you know, I I don't know. There's there's Yeah, that's that's the N64's big, big draw. I know it was kind of when uh, a lot of the third parties jump ship because of all their anti consumer, anti developer uh, practices, but I I think it still has its there's still a lot of great games for it. Um, I'd say there's probably just on average as many good games for it as are any consoles. Just you have to, like you said, the the good games everyone kind of like knows and you talk about um i guess i don't know where i'm going with this final conclusion um
2: and 64 is good
0: yeah You've got a weird controller you just got to get used to it yeah um
2: or get the the what's that thing there's some company that made like a modern style and 64 controller it's pretty good
0: yeah i can't remember what it's called it's, we, we, uh, we got it yeah yeah Yeah, I think, it's yeah, yeah I think it's it's one of their 8-bit dough lines
2: there's these new guys doing it it's like uh it's kind of shaped 64.
1: it's kind of shaped like a big brick xbox controller but not as large is that what you're talking about and it's got like a joystick on the left side and the button yeah
0: it brings the joystick to the left
2: yeah the yeah. retro fighters the retro fighters brawler 64 yeah i think that thing is good i got one of those around here somewhere i think it's in one of the florida boxes but it is it's my preferred way to do it now because like I love that little controller. I love holding it like this, but I would so much rather, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. do something. Really like blew it. your mind when you had a game that did require the directional pad, and Mischief you're like, "Mischief
2: Makers." Like,
1: yeah, I was like, gonna bring um, up
0: Mischief Makers. Um,
1: yeah, but
0: we'll just give that a quick shout. Mission Makers is good if you can play it. It's a see, it's a game. I think it got overlooked because it's a 2D side-scrolling game, and again, the era where everyone was just wanted to be 3D, and like, if it wasn't yeah. 3D, it wasn't good. Um. But, yeah, I think that's going to do us for for us this episode, unless you guys got any uh, final thoughts you want to bring up.
1: I was just going to say, like, anyone who's who listened to this podcast, like, you obviously are big on N64. You said when I went in the store last Wednesday, and I was like, where's all your N64 stuff? Like, on one hand, where I like to see if there's anything that, like, I can upgrade my cartridges or whatever, if mine's a little not as good as I would like, or something like that, just to see if you had anything weird, um, you know. Well, thanks from that perspective, it is cool to, to know that like there's dozens of us out there yeah. who like, who like uh, N64 and who are all about it. So to know that that's the one that sells out is like, it's cool that there's that community and anyone who listened to this so far, like you're in that community too. And, uh, you know, if there's anyone out there who's working towards building that N64 collection, like a couple things. One, if you're working on trying to build that collection, like hopefully... I said you weren't deterred by the fact that these things are priced crazy expensive right now. Um, you know, and it, just know there's a lot of games that aren't the, the ones that are the best for the system. A lot of times are also not necessarily the ones that are those super crazy priced ones. Like the ones I got behind me, like super bowling, you don't need it to have a great time on the N64. You don't need stunt racer at all, unless you're going for the perfect the complete collection. You don't need your sculptor's cut. Um, unless you're going for that complete collection. And if you are, go right ahead. I condone it. I love my the fact that I could say, like, oh, I got that complete collection. It's cool, and to just be able to pull a game is awesome. But all those hidden gems we talked about, like, those are what makes the console great, too. So, um, you know, look up the ones that we talked about. Um, if you have any other questions, of course, pop in Level Up, and you guys will fill them in on anything that's also those hidden gems that yeah. maybe they can get their hands on. Um, and just, you know, keep on keeping N64 love alive. It's, I, I like hearing about like, when you're talking about teenagers that are like N64, so cool. Nice. Now we're in like, you know, we're, we were cool before it was cool. And, uh, I don't know if we were ever cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to them, yeah. if we were playing N64, then, then we're awesome. So, you know, I, that's just. That's my final thoughts. Just thank you to everyone who listened, and and hopefully, um, if you weren't big on N64, maybe you got more appreciation now, or if you're getting into N64, hopefully you realize you know what great stuff there is to to be played on it.
0: Cool, Haley, what about you?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna wrap up mostly the same. Uh, N64 is a great cartridge library is small, but it's full of fun stuff. Uh, play Mystical Ninja Star and go on. It doesn't emulate well, so do your research or just buy a cartridge. It's like twenty-five bucks. Um, play Rocket Robot on Wheels. Play Revolt. That's a good racer. Play Revolt. Um, just just put a cartridge in that system with that satisfying ka-chunk and, and enjoy your time with it, man. N64, so great.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's gonna do us for us, do it for us for this episode. Um, I think next week we're gonna be talking uh Black issues and back issues is what I'm referring to it, but we're going to be doing our Black History Month uh, episode, which hopefully I'll be able to pass off the reins to some of our uh, creators that I have on, uh, and they can lead the discussion on that. Um, So until next time, be safe out there.